It's the cool kids' table. They were never the cool kids. Not cool. So they just bought a table. Ooh, ooh. Now it's the cool kids' table, yeah. Wow, table. Wow, great grand. Ooh, nice legs. So cute. They're so long. Is that real mahogany? That's nice. Love that table. Tight. They're so cool. Looks like a coaster's only table to me. Use protection, baby. Hello, Maggie. How are we doing today? I'm very well. You know, here's the thing, Spiro. As you know, I'm going on vacation tomorrow. This right now is the last bit of work that I have to do until vacation. This isn't even work because this is so much fun. So first of all, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Spiro Marcos. I'm Maggie Stiggers. We are the co-executive producers and co-founders of Nico Frank Productions. And here we are at the Cool Kids Table podcast right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes, we are here during Pride Month. We have some awesome guests coming up that I'm really excited about that I won't spoil yet. But what we decided to do for Pride Month was I thought it'd be fun to um, introduce Maggie to some queer themed movies that she maybe has not seen. And this week we have Two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie. Hammer. But Maggie, talk to me. How are we doing? Like, are you excited about your vacation? Oh my God, I'm so excited about it. And you know what's crazy is that this episode will probably come out when I'm back. And like, ew, that's so disgusting. That means the vacation Aww. will be over. My husband and I have not taken a vacation since our honeymoon, which was two years ago. So everywhere we go, I've already told them in advance, like it's our two year anniversary. Like I've called every hotel we're staying at. And I've been like, just by the way, it's our two year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little life hack for you, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back next week, Maggie will tell us all the free things she got for telling people that it was her two-year anniversary. Okay, bitch, not even that. Like, I am on top of this vacation so hard. Like, so JetBlue changed our flight, and it went to our spam. So little did we know until my Virgo ass was checking all the details, making sure everything's good. You know, we've got a seven-page itinerary, <laughs> which is just hilarious, with pictures and maps and everything. Um, but so then I called up JetBlue. I ended up getting us, like, much better seat upgrades that valued $250 for each way. Plus, we got free bags. So I'm like, yes, give me that free shit. That's so great. And you know what? Like JetBlue, thank you for sponsoring the Cool Kids Table. Like you guys are just have been so great to us. Thank you for taking care of Maggie. But you know what? Speaking of speaking of kindness, <laughs> we always do a random fact of kindness. And for this month, we thought maybe we'd do some queer kindness and see if we could find some stories revolving around uh, queer culture. So Maggie, what'd you find? That's all well and good. But I just want to state that Mindy and JetBlue, the supervisor, was very kind. Thank you, Mindy. Mindy at JetBlue, we know you listen. If you're from Belize, which I don't know if you guys have heard, we're number one. I think Mindy is from Belize. And she that's how thats how she was so good to you. She knew about us. It, it really cracks me up. Like, if anyone from Belize is listening, thank you so much. We love you so <laughs> much. Like, Belize. To wake up and hear that we're number one in Belize. Like, yeah. I... I cannot wait to travel there. I mean, when we get off the flight, people are going to be screaming our names. Like, yeah, I know exactly where we're stopping on our tour, Maggie. We're stopping in Belize, like our international Cool Kids Table tour of two stops. Belize, and we were huge in Indonesia at one point. We were like, we were like number 17. So here we come, guys. Oh my goodness, Belize, I love you. Random facts of All right. So this guy, Mark Thompson, he's from he's from London. Should I do a British accent the whole time? I don't really I don't really feel good about my accent right now. A lot of times I do feel like I'm good at British. But right now, because I just put myself on the spot, I don't think it sounds very good. Anyway, (laughs) 
So Mark, Mark Thompson at 17 years old, he's from Brixton, which is South London, if you don't know. (laughs) Anyway, he was diagnosed at 17 years old with HIV. And, you know, he said it was a complete shock to him and so, so devastating. And as we know, any type of diagnosis is hard, but HIV, especially, you know, as a young black gay man. And, you know, he talked a lot about in this article about how his family was a really safe place for him. And they were very supportive. So thank goodness for that. But basically, his life dramatically changed as he came to grips with this diagnosis, which back then, mind you, in the 1980s was a death sentence. So, you know, the prognosis was very unclear and it was like a waiting game, he said. And there was a center that was opened in July of 1989 by Diana, Princess of Wales. May she rest in peace. Princess, I love her. And anyway, it was offering treatment and support for HIV and AIDS patients back in the day. So he decided to go through counseling sessions and he was able to talk through his trauma of the diagnosis and share his experiences with his counselor at the time named John. And so he said that, like, for one hour a week, they John and him would get together and, you know, just tackle all the fear and sadness and all the anger that came along with it. And he said that this man, John, really helped him find a solution and helped him get through his journey. Well, I guess a couple years later, a.k.a. 30, Mark reunited with John for the first time, and it was featured on a BBC series called Saved by a Stranger. And I watched a couple clips of it, and it was so beautiful to see them together again. It was like two soulmates hugging each other, you know? Like, you know how you have soulmate friends in your life? You have soulmate, you know, relationships. Yeah, Don't Maggie, have to you. Be. I know, you are. You're one of my soulmate friends. Um, just the way they hugged. Oh, my God, it was so beautiful. And he said talking to John reminded him of the kindness that strangers can give to others. Because back in the day, he was so lost. He felt so scared and alone. And then this random man, John, who was a stranger at the time, drastically changed his life. So I just thought it was so beautiful to think about all the things that, you know, you go through in a diagnosis and to have the support, to have a clinic like that, and then to be able to be reunited with that person 30 years later. I mean, what a gift. Oh, Maggie, I love that story so much. Thankfully, you know, having HIV now is not a death sentence. There's plenty of resources, especially even in New York. There's the center, the Gay Center. You can go to gaycenter.org, and that's the NYC LGBT Community Center. There's a bunch of online resources and support. Check it out. It's, It's an amazing thing, an amazing story. And where was this article, Maggie? Where can people read more about it? MyLondon.News. Well, thank you for that story. I love it. And now on to our regularly scheduled program. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. For Pride Month, I thought it would be really fun to uh, highlight some queer stories that have been told in some movies that Maggie maybe has not seen. And I found a real good one for our first. Remind me the name again. Like, I've tried to guess this name. I've seen the movie. I said it like four <laughs> times to my husband. I was like, Bon Fu, Woo, it's like, sorry. Tu Wang Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Wesley Snipes, he's been a killer and a commando. Patrick Swayze, he's been a heartthrob and a hero. But these tough guys are about to face the most physically challenging roles of their careers. Let's give it to them, girls. Meet Vita Boem. Enchanté. Why are you crying? Maybe she just found out Menudo broke up. Miss Noxima Jackson. Jesse's daughter. 
and their protege, Chichi Rodriguez. I'm the Latino Marilyn Monroe. I got more legs than a bucket of chicken. They were headed for Hollywood. Think of it as Easy Rider in dresses. On a sacred mission. Must take this message from Miss Newmar with us across the land. I am actually really excited about this because I found out like I know some backstory. I know like a lot of fun information about it. But well, do you I know really... who approved that title? Because it's like the worst title in human history, I think. So the author, Douglas Carter Bean, who wrote the screenplay, he's a, a playwright. He wrote Liz Estrada Jones. Um, he wrote the Xanadu musical. Like he's written a bunch of stuff. This is his big screenplay. He was a playwriter, a playwright, playwriter, haha, <laughs> playwright. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so this whole story was based on a picture that he saw signed by Julie Newmar that said to Wong Fu thanks for everything and it was signed Julie Newmar so he literally based this entire movie on seeing that painting I understand that but still it's a long ass title it is a long ass title it's and to be like ma- a mainstream movie with that long title to also be produced by Steven Spielberg like he had to approve that title too I mean this is his production company I so. mean yeah so a couple of things right off the bat I was like wow I've never heard of this movie first of all and there's all these celebrities in it yeah we've got Patrick Swayze one of our, our favorite actors of all time yeah rest Wesley, in peace yeah Wesley Snipes yes who was even bigger at the time than, than Patrick Swayze Patrick Swayze only had Dirty Dancing Wesley Snipes was in tons of movies so this was for him this was the biggest uh chance as an actor doing this movie then you have john legazamo amazing chichi rivera love 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 so great and then stalker channing for half of the movie i was like i know that face i know that face and then i was like oh grease yeah 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 some amazing amazing people in this movie so off the bat maggie like let's just talk about like your overall feel for the movie. When it started, what were you thinking? Did you have any idea what it was about? What were your first impressions of the movie? My first impression off the bat, I was like, wow, they've got three totally straight guys playing these gay men. And then I started thinking about, this must have been so like groundbreaking back in the day to have these three straight manly men like take on these roles and and do it with such beauty. I mean, there was no, it was, they were beautiful performances. It wasn't making fun of anybody. It felt really endearing. It felt really honest. And I mean, you've got three beautiful actors. So, I mean, I'm not surprised at that, but I was just thinking, wow, that's so fascinating. Like back in the day, I'm sure it didn't even cross their mind to, to choose gay men to play that part, right? I mean, would it? I don't know. It's interesting. I think about that too, because you think of how many drag queens were in the movie. Like, I mean, you look at the, the first scene. Yeah. The first scene in the movie was full of like famous drag queens of the time. You had, I mean, you had some people, RuPaul was, uh, RuPaul, you know, RuPaul, doesn't she Lady look Bunny, um, Sweetie was the, the host of the pageant. I mean, you had some big names in drag and any of them, like, I wonder why maybe they could have played it. But, you know, obviously back then it was all about the names that you had in movies because people had to actually go out to see movies. I and, mean, and, and it's still like that. It's still like that to a degree. But yeah, RuPaul, man, I was like, wow, this is so posed, but like, you know, decades ago. Um, And it was just like, it was fascinating because I recognized her voice first. I was like, oh, wait. And then I saw her face and I was like, oh, my gosh, her face has changed a lot over the years. I mean, she's always looks beautiful. Yeah. The doctors have done amazing things. For amazing Charles. work. Yeah. yeah. She looks great. She does not age. No. So, uh, yeah, I thought that the 
I definitely thought they were going to get out of this little town. I didn't realize that the town was going to be like the whole story. There were some, you know, plot lines where I was like, oh, it would be really cute if Chi Chi won the pageant at the end. But no, she's not enrolled in the pageant. So that wouldn't happen. And then she won. And I was thinking, well, how did she get in the pageant in the first place? But she looked beautiful. <laughs> like no one else is thinking those things, I guess. Um, right. No, I think of the potholes too. I actually have one one big one that I always used to laugh at when I saw it. What? And this is so random. But you know when um, when uh, they're fighting in the kitchen and he's talking about the sauce still having too yeah. much spice in it, and then he just grabs the pot, like just manhandles the pot and just throws it. It's like, like it would have been hot. Yeah, and the stove would have been on, but he just like grabbed that shit and just like threw it, not a burn in sight. He's super mad. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was really silly. But I did like that Patrick Swayze beat the shit out of him. That was nice. I guess I don't know. I liked the movie. I didn't feel like it like changed me or anything but back in the day it probably did change some people go to this small town podunk in the middle of nowhere and they change everybody and they're only there for like two nights or something like that and all of a sudden they've changed everybody so i mean that was beautiful i don't know that i would watch it again tbh oh i would definitely would so i okay my thoughts my thoughts on the movie like as as a gay man i think like being a young kid and seeing this movie where I'm seeing people who are against gay men against these women drag queens but then I'm also seeing like a whole world like accept them and I think that's like pretty eye-opening for a queer a young queer man like it had nothing to do with you know Patrick Swayze or Wesley Snipes it was more of just like here's a world where I can see acceptance and to me that's not something I was really seeing in my real world so Uh, That kind of like brought me a little joy in that sense. And then also, I think like as far as gay men go, I bet you any gay man or queer person that knows Tuang Fu probably quotes it, knows multiple quotes from it and uses pieces from it. So it's one of those movies that has like a cult following. And I mean, I've seen it a dozen times, but people who have watched it like quote it religiously and you know it's interesting when you look at interviews with john with patrick with uh with wesley and just how much respect they wanted to put on it how they even you know spent a lot of time with drag queens they each had like a drag mother that was you know making sure that they were you know doing a good job sashaying that walk they said and like just giving respect to the art form um and that in general so that was really interesting i loved how they were all totally different too yeah, I, totally. I love the like sophistication of, of Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I love that there were definitely sweet moments I just I don't think I would be like oh yeah let me throw that on again but I'm glad I've seen it now I can like if somebody brings it up I'll know what they're talking about one of the moments I want to talk about is the car scene uh, with the drag princess that drag princess scene where he talks about transsexual transvestite and drag queen you know, it's a pretty pivotal scene. A lot of people talk about Drag Princess and like that's where that kind of comes from. But what is your take as a cis woman on the term drag queen and like who that person is in the queer community? My mind goes to someone who dresses in drag and performs a character sort of uh, on stage. Seeing this movie, did that like change your perspective on on what a drag queen is or like did when you see someone who's like living their life dressed as a woman or portraying a woman, what are your thoughts on that? I didn't think of the three of them like, oh, they're drag queens. I just thought they're women. 
they're living their lives as women. So I, I, I don't use the term drag queen unless it's like, you know, a drag queen brunch where they're performing or I'm watching drag queens on RuPaul and they're performing. Otherwise, it's just if you want to live as a woman, cool. Then I'm just going to refer to you as a woman. Oh, uh, that's why I love the moment in the movie where uh, she says, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a lady friend who has an Adam's apple because that's the thing. It's like, you yeah, know, it's that person just living their truth. It's it's that person's truth. And I think that's so it's so beautiful. You know, what's funny, that moment was the only moment where I was like, oh, maybe I have seen this because I remember that moment. So maybe it was on TV or something as a child and yeah. I saw it. Yeah, they used to play they used to play it on like on, you know, TBS and like all those channels for a while. And yeah, it, it used to it used to run the circuits a little bit. I thought it were, there were very, very endearing and touching moments in the film, for sure. I look at the world today and I think of how there are still areas like this that are still closed minded and are still hurtful and hateful. And we still are fighting for for queer rights. We're still fighting the same fight. There's still trans women, trans black women being killed and murdered at an alarming rate. And here we are, you know, that movie was 25 years ago. And here we are still having this argument, this fight, you know, I mean, yeah, we're still having the fight for people of color. We've been through generation after generation of treating people of color terribly. Half of the world doesn't understand why. Like, it's just people are so ignorant. People live in their own little bubble and that's all they know and they think they're right about everything even though they've never traveled they don't know anything else yeah and then I also think of like the outcry when like Harry Styles wore a dress you know it was like here's this you know a man who's you know not portraying as a gay man wearing a dress you know like and and people were outraged over it like how you know my kids listen to you how could you do this why do do people care that's what i understand why do you care i just want to say this i was reading this book today about anxiety um because you know who doesn't struggle with it it's actually a really great book it's called the holistic psychologist um she has a really popular instagram if anyone's listening but anyway it was talking about stress and the way you feel about yourself right and how how much how much people worry about what other people think of them and just the idea of like the more you worry about what other people are thinking of you instead of worrying about the way you feel about yourself it literally can manifest disease inside your body it's crazy say that again say that out loud well, I say, mean, it, say but, it again. but it's true. And I, I was that this one chapter was like all about this. And it's not necessarily a chapter about, you know, worrying about what other people think of you, but more being cognizant of the fact that, you know, stress in general and the way we think plays such a huge role in our overall health and our I mean, it, in the disease rate in cancer, she was talking about how people of color, they have struggled more from cancer and disease because they've been treated so terribly over the years and it's generational. It passes on. Like think about, she was talking about how, you know, a lot of white people, you know, you're worried about this or that. Think about black people that are walking on the street and they have to worry about being killed by the police. Like think about that stress just being added on. And then and then that stress manifest manifests in your body and your health. Yeah, and it's inherent. It's inherent just like being black. Like you right. just you carry that just being black. It's crazy. All right. So there's been a lot of top a lot of conversation in the news lately about um, trans people in high school sports. Women 
who are born men who want to play in women's, you know, women's sports. They're transitioning. They want to present as female. I don't know if you've heard about all this, but it's a thing. So being that that is such a big conversation, I just want to talk about there's a, a great scene in Tu Wong Fu where Wesley Snipes is playing basketball with everyone. Oh, yeah. And he's in his skirt and everything, but he's having a good time playing with him. All of a sudden, he takes the ball, he gets it in, and all these girls turn to him, and all of a sudden, they look at him like he's got two heads. And I just thought that was like, it's such an interesting scene to me. What are your thoughts on like, you know, this discovery of like, maybe they discovered he was a man. Like, what are your thoughts on that scene? And what are your thoughts on trans people playing sports? I think they should be able to fuck that. If they want to play, if they identify as a female, they should have all the rights that any other female has. I think it will be really interesting to see what happens with it in the next 10 years because, you know, it was funny. I was sent this post today that the, from the NFL that they put out and I sent it to my husband and I was laughing because they put out this post that was like, you know, the NFL is all about gay pride. And I'm like, are you? Like, are you? Like, you seem to be such a crazy organization and like racist and like sometimes I feel like during Pride Month, businesses just put out posts like, oh, we're for we're for everybody. And it's just to make themselves look good when. Oh, yeah, it's such a it's such an issue. A lot of people on TikTok right now are posting like all the Target, um, the Target Pride uh, apparel and like Walmart's Pride apparel because it's literally just anything queer they could think of. They they just put a flag on it. Yeah. And it's 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 offensive. But I mean, I guess they're trying question mark, but I don't really know. Yeah, it is actually kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like if they didn't do anything, like then what would we think? I don't know. What do you think about the sports? You didn't say anything. Oh, I mean, my thought, uh, I think it's very silly because there's actually, you know, there's no proof that's proving that a trans person is any better at sports playing the opposite sex or, or whatever. The fact that people think that is completely asinine. We also have an Olympian who's now a trans woman Granted, she's the one saying that this is ridiculous and that people should be should have a genital uh, a genital exam to make sure they are the sex that they say they are, which is absolutely ridiculous. But my thought is it's high school sports. I don't really see what the big deal is. I think I honestly think that if you are as, as good as the people who are the best playing a sport, then you should totally. be playing that sport with them. I just I think the whole thing is silly that we separate sports by sex. Personally, I think the best people should play the play the sport, and I think. You know, the best shooters in basketball are women right now. I mean, and then and then I mean, I don't want to get into this, but then they're paid less. Right. They're given they're given given their own their own, you know, WNBA and then they're paid less or women's soccer who are better than the men who get in more Olympics and then they get paid less. It's just it's absolutely ridiculous. So one other thing I want to talk about, one of my favorite moments in that entire movie that I really love, not only because I love nostalgia and I love the 60s, but the moment when they go into that store and Nagzima finds all that 60s apparel in the attic. That was one of the ones where I was like, really? They found a box of all these clothes that fit everybody perfectly. And then like the runway show with the, the other women, the women who were like featured roles i was like oh lord like i loved it where did they find these people they're all famous actors like all of them are like known actors not all i i assure you all the townspeople most of them like are are actual people are like good you know some people i was shocked when i was looking at that cast list there's one woman i'm picturing in particular i i'm gonna send you her headshot after this like she was somebody they found she was a local all right, we'll see. I want you to look and I want you to <laughs> tell me who she is and what other movies she's done. I bet you she has an Emmy. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I bet you that girl has I know. I'm, I'm probably wrong. I think it's a cool movie. I'm very thankful that you watched it. I am excited about Should our Should I next... make you watch all of The L Word? Because I've seen I've all... already seen it. Have I've you seen the seen original it. and the new? No, I don't need to watch the new, but I did see the oh, original. Oh, you haven't seen the new. Okay, so I'm more up on that than you. Okay, so you should watch the new, the new L Word season, and then get back to me. What did you think of the old one quickly? I liked it a lot. I really did like it. I thought Talking, it was... laughing, loving, breathing, fighting, fucking, riding, dreaming. <laughs> I used to love that show. <laughs> it's good. No, it's good. I mean, I thought my problem sometimes is like when you have like, okay, a thing I appreciated about like Tu Wong Fu, you have a gay man telling a gay story. You know what I mean? I appreciate that. The L word, not all the writers were queer. And a lot of times it just seemed like what you would think like uh, kind of stereotypical about queer culture sometimes I just thought it was like a little bit of that so I did love it and I watched the whole thing but there were times that I was like well this I could do without this storyline and, and things like and, that and so. it definitely was one of the first like mainstream <clears throat> shows about lesbians yeah for sure which is like saying a lot which is huge our next the next movie that we're gonna watch for when you get back um I'm hoping you haven't seen it is called Paris is Burning do you know it no great so it is a documentary about the or uh, the origin of ballroom uh, it's such an iconic documentary of queer culture it's unbelievable and i think you're really gonna like it and i'm excited to talk about it cool i'm really looking forward to it great we always love to do a little improv segment at the end of our shows called a wing in it wing in it they're just winging it winging it they're just winging it should we bring on our guest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never people, brought on our guest. People are like, where's the guest? There's no, no guest, bitch. It's just there's us. There's no guest. There's no guest. We do have a guest coming next week, but uh, we did it's this, just us right now. Let's be honest. Like, We did this episode purely for Belize. Like, They just wanted more of us. Yeah, Belize has been begging for more episodes, you know? And that's why they just keep downloading the old ones, which is why we're number one in Belize. So um, <laughs> they just can't get enough. All right, so Maggie, I thought it'd be super fun to play a little game game that I came up with. It's called Drag Queen or Wrestling Queen. Okay. What oh, I've done. Lord. What I've done is I've come up, I've compiled names of famous drag queens and then I've also compiled names of famous wrestlers, like female wrestlers, and I'm gonna name this one of them. Oh, and, and I you have, have to, to guess. tell me whether they are a drag queen or whether they are a female wrestler. The first one is Kennedy Davenport. I don't know. That sounds sort of sophisticated. I'm going to say it's a drag queen. <laughs> it is a very sophisticated drag queen, Kennedy Davenport. I can I love picture her with that. like her little pinky up drinking a tea. Not at all, but I can't wait for you to see Kennedy Davenport. I honestly wish like people could see this and I could like pop up a video of Kennedy Davenport as I like do this. All right, ready? Jinx Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon. That sounds like so theatrical and corny. So I'm going to say it's a wrestler. Oh, you're wrong. Oh. It is also a drag queen. Okay. Chad Michaels. That sounds like a wrestler. Also a drag queen. Damn. Are there so, no wrestlers in this? There's no, no there wrestlers. Are, there are. There are. But I just want to fuck with you. I keep. Chad I Michaels. So Chad Michaels famously is a drag queen who uses his male name in order to do drag. Oh, cool. All right. Ready? Alexa Bliss. I mean, that sounds like a drag queen to me. <laughs> Is that a wrestler? It's a wrestler. It's a wrestler. It's a wrestler. It's a wrestler. <laughs> All right, ready? 
Charlotte Flair. I mean, I want to say drag queen again. That's a good one. It's a wrestler. Fuck. It's a wrestler. Charlotte Flair is a wrestler. All right, ready? I guess. Candace Kane. That has to be a drag queen. That is a drag queen. You nailed it. You nailed it. Okay, ready? Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus. That's like really hard to say. Trish Stratus. Um, a wrestler? Yeah. You got it. All right, ready? Um, all right, Barbette. I feel like that's a wrestler. So that is one of the OG drag queens from the 20s and 30s. Oh, damn. She used to do, she used to do uh, trapeze. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. All right. Gotta um, get a gimmick. All right, Michelle McCool. McCool? I'm going to say that's a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, what makes you say that? It's like such a corny name. I'm one of those people, I can't stand wrestling. Like When someone tells me that they're into WWE, like a dude, I was just like, mm. I know, I'm immediately turned off. I know. Um, all right, ready? Last one. Last one, Kelly Kelly. I feel like that's a drag queen. No, that's a wrestler. Damn. Sorry. Fuck. But you did really good, honestly. Like you, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. I what think would you, your like, name be? Whew, oh my goodness, um, probably something like um, it would be something probably about my big ass. Like I would probably like have something about a big ass, like uh, oh my God. like um, Chatty Boom Boom. I don't know. Oh okay. <laughs> like Chatty Boom Boom. I don't know something about a boom boom. A big. If you boom boom. didn't you? know, listeners, Spiro has a nice big juicy ass. So. Oh, they know. They know, Maggie. My ass is number one in Belize. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, well anyway ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed this special pride episode we're gonna do a few more of these with just maggie and i hopefully belize still listens um yeah, even we'll if nobody see. listens if if the ratings if the ratings can't stop laughing if the ratings uh, come down all of a sudden we get an email they're like you're 79th and belize will be like oh shit yeah. Once we drop in Belize, we are stopping doing these one-on-one ep- episodes. But until then, Belize, keep us going. Keep us going because I want to keep talking to my besties if I don't talk to her every day. All right. So, Maggie, I love you. Happy Pride. Enjoy pa- enjoy your vacation. Enjoy Paris's burning. I'm so excited about our guests next week. Holy cannoli. I can't wait for you guys to hear who it is. The Cool Kids Table is produced by Spiro Marcos and Maggie Stiggers, the executive producers of Nico Frank Productions, with music by Brie Cade and Zach Silva. And be sure to check out our new book, Dear Future Producer, a guide to create your own content and gain creative freedom, available exclusively on Amazon. You can also check out our sketch comedy series, Theater School Dropouts, on Amazon Prime. Stay cool and definitely stay kind.